Welcome to The State of Us. Real people with honest opinions and the future of responsible media. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. Thank you all for tuning in. Trump's critics cringe and his defenders salute. This idea came to us from a New York Times Sunday edition article entitled, As Critics Assail President, His Supporters Tighten Their Embrace. And there's some interesting quotes here uh, that I'm sure we'll share with you here in just a moment. But what we're, what we're looking at today is kind of that specifically, but also the bigger issue of what's going on. Why are people so divided? We've talked about this a number of times, uh, pre-election, post-election, the whole nine yards. But we're going to take a look again. We haven't, we haven't looked in a few months. Uh, so we'll see if the analysis has changed at all. But of course, no podcast would be complete without your friendly redneck liberal, Lance Jackson. Good day, everybody. That's how you know we're what serious. A day. That's right. Lance is here. So are you feeling... Friendly and redneckish today, or, or you got no, a, a little mad today? Oh, a little, a little upset. Okay. Yep, yep, a little outrage <laughs> triggered <laughs> by a couple things, as I've been, mm-hmm. as I, I've, I've been told. So, yes, not all the president's fault. Not this time. Okay. No. Nope. Okay. No, nope. just how some people just have to be mean and take advantage of nice people. Yep. Just don't like those people. No. So I don't think that's the president's fault. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe somebody can find a way to blame him. I'm not blaming him for that one. Okay. Those kind of people that's, have existed long before the president. That's big of you to not to not pin that. See there, right there, recognition. Somebody who doesn't like the president being able to say that, hey, not everything that's wrong is his fault. So uh, we've got- Most a, of it, yeah, but not, not everything. So uh, why do we care about this? Uh, Lance picked out a couple things for us. Obviously- if Trump has substantial support right in line with what many other presidents have had, and in some cases better than other presidents have had, this gives him, uh, forget the public, but gives him the impression that he should continue to carry on his agenda in the manner in which he's doing it. Because what the numbers say is, hey, I'm doing a good job. Or, hey, people like the job I'm doing. So, and there's, there's two different things there, but we won't dissect that at least now. So that's one is he gets to continue his agenda with the belief, his own personal belief that he's doing what the people that he cares about want, knowing that he can't get everybody. So he'll get, you know, but a a decent portion. So that's number one, uh, control Congress. And that kind of goes to the next point, re-election as well. If this many people are supportive of him, that means that people who follow him in Congress, that's how they can get reelected. And then in some ways, even though they've made no direct promise to the president, they are then beholden to the president uh, because they have supported him. So then it looks bad, obviously, if they come out against him, since that's what they use to get elected. So- there's that benefit. And then the third and last thing is re-election for the president. Obviously, again, if that many people like him, generally speaking, the incumbent uh, has a pretty good chance, especially if they have a 40% or above approval rating. It's difficult to unseat them from power. So, So you've got a lot of different things working there together to make it 
possible and the repercussions of those. And this isn't just for Trump supporters who might want that. It's for people who might not want that. That's why we care about this today. And the next thing as we as we move on here is we're going to look at why do Trump's supporters continue to support the, quote, stupid things, end quote, that he does. And and those are the words of one of his supporters. So Lance, with that, can you give us some insight here into the article? Read us a few of the the tidbits that you found interesting from both Trump supporters and opponents of the president or critics. Let me say critics. Sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to say that they, uh, well, they, you know, treat uh, it like again, a video game. The, the critics are, are those people that every time he says or does something, they're blaming him. But most of the examples are from supporters and, um, a lady by the name of Gina Anders says that every time she knows the feeling well, President Trump says or does something that triggers a spasm of outrage. However, she says, there are many complex issues and they get completely lost with the overblown reaction from the president's critics. It makes me angry at them, which causes me to want to defend him even more. Okay. Um, Another answer to the now familiar question, how can you still possibly support this man? According to Tony Schrantz, of Lino Lakes, Minnesota. He's not a perfect guy. He does some stupid stuff. That's a quote. But also in the quote is, but when they're hounding him all the time, it just gets old. Give the guy a little. So I'm assuming he says, give the guy a little chance. And another uh, supporter, a warehouse manager from Leesburg, Virginia says, it's like when you get the same sensation over again. A sensation is no longer a sensation. It's like, it's just, oh, here we go again. So it's just people tend, are seeming like this is just our president, okay? And let's just look at um, another unemployed sales manager from Leesburg, Virginia said, it's just incredible what the nation is trying to do to disrupt this president. And he's talking about um, the immigration issue with babies on the border, that that's just an issue that they're trying to cover up and talk, not cover up, but talk about so that it covers up all of the successful things that the president is accomplishing. So again, it's, it's almost like the president has succeeded in making Twitter and his lying and everything else just accepted norms that people are okay with this, that the same people that in the past would have said those kinds of activities would deem someone not necessary to be president. They're now, those same people are now saying it's okay for someone like that to be president. And we have some Gallup poll results to that effect where people who in the past would have said someone who is immoral or amoral as president could not be a good leader are now saying that, well, that didn't have anything to do with being a leader, which as you pointed out, I've always said, you know, what somebody does in their personal life doesn't have anything to do with what kind of leader they are. I've always felt that way. But now people who have always said, well, you know, Bill Clinton was a horrible president because, you know, he was messing around on his wife. And I always said, well, what does that have to do with what he did as president? I mean, yeah, if I was, if I was his spouse, I'm not sure I'd want to, or his partner, I would want to be with Bill Clinton because I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, I think he's a snake in the grass, but it didn't have anything to do with him being president. 
But those same people that blasted Bill Clinton are now saying, well, it's okay that Donald Trump's been married multiple times and had multiple affairs because he's doing great things for the country. I, I, it's amazing. I, I guess, you know, I, the easy answer is the reason they say he's doing great things for the country is he's doing the things they want done. I, I don't think they really, honestly, I don't feel like they truly believe that it matters whether or not you're a good person or not. It's just that in this case, they don't like this person's private life, but they're doing the things that they want done. So they're going to overlook their private life. Whereas I don't care what president Trump is doing in his private life. I don't like what he's doing. It doesn't have anything to do with his policy. You don't don't like his policy. I don't care how many times he's been married or who he's spending his free time with or who he's attacking or what he's tweeting about. That honestly doesn't buy, it doesn't have anything to do with why I think the man's a bad president. I think he's continuing to make bad policy after bad policy, which is leading the United States in the wrong direction. So I'm still, so I'm still supporting my, sorry, I'm still supporting, I'm going to be interrupting you, but I'm still supporting my theory that it doesn't matter what kind of human being you are, you can still be a good president. Well, this man just happens to be a bad human being who's also, in my opinion, a bad president. Because they're not mutually exclusive is kind of what we're, is part of what we're getting at. I mean, like Bill Clinton, I think a lot of people objectively would say he did many good things as president. And I mean, the polls say as much, right? You've got them right there, the historical polls of our last few presidents, and the polls say as much. Uh, And the thing that I think it's even more than they're doing, that he's doing what they want him to do, because I don't think they know what they want. I mean, he changes what he wants frequently or how he's going to do it or what's been promised. He changes those things regularly. And I'm not... And And so if he says enough things... He'll say something that you can support. Well, and, <laughs> and and I think it lends itself to, there's a lot of people who've supported him the whole time, right? It doesn't matter. Sure. Oh, yeah. They'll say it's because they like what he's saying. But it doesn't mean, and this I've said so many times, the media and our leaders, our superstars, dictate what we care about so much of the time. The reason that you care about these things is because someone, quote unquote, important is talking about them, is saying something about them. So, and that's not all bad. All I'm getting at here is I think that lends itself to, I don't know if all these people wanted what Donald Trump is saying. I think there's a lot of them that did, you know, if you would ask them. But I would would bet maybe a pretty sizable portion, if I was a gambling man, uh, that a lot of these supporters would not have listed these things as their top priorities. I think they'd list them as their top priorities because the Republicans, and this goes true for Democrats too, have said that it's a big part of their agenda. You know, no labels found. We talked about that the other day in their policy playbook that what most Americans wanted, you know, and what most Americans collectively, not by party could support is Balancing the budget, reducing the deficit, uh, you know, common sense things, healthcare reform, that they could agree on these things without thinking about who was saying them, things that they wanted to see happen. So make us energy secure, things that, again, don't aren't necessarily partisan in nature. So I think it's more, Lance, at least in my view, that he is 
they can figure him out from the standpoint of they don't feel like with other people because of the the way that most other presidents have conducted themselves, the majority, in a very head of state kind of way, you know, fairly formal, um, polite, considerate, you know. So Even what, though, you, what you see is what you get. Right. And I'm not saying that that is the truth. I'm saying I think it feels that way. And, and people respond to that. I mean, that's one of the reasons that things, uh, you know, outlets and organizations like True Chat are gaining momentum is because people like the idea of transparency. They like that idea. And when you have someone who is brutally honest about what they think, it brings the assumption that then what you see is what you get. Not necessarily true, because again, correlation doesn't always equal causation, right? So that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case, but it, it, it lends itself to taking you down that road one step at a time saying, well, he just says everything that he thinks, you know, he's not afraid to talk about anything. So that must mean therefore, you know, so they've, they've, they've taken this quote unquote logical road but arrived at a conclusion that might not be true. So I think it's more of that than it is that he's doing things they like. They're doing things, he's doing things they like, Trump is, and they like it because he said they should. That to me is, you know, so I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily. I'm just saying I, mm -hmm. I take it one step further back and say, I don't believe that a lot of those people, at least the ones that I've talked to, so I might be talking to the wrong Trump supporter demographic, sure, right? but the Trump supporters that I know, it's those were not top priorities for them. You know, I can think of a few where immigration was not a thing they were worried about for the past eight years. They really weren't thinking about it. You know why? Because it wasn't really made to be a big issue. And it's been, a, I mean, there's a problem with immigration but not necessarily in the sense that we're talking about it now. So I think it is more of he chose issues that were simple to understand, not necessarily with simple solutions, but created simple solutions so that everybody could get it. And they were easy to rally. You know, there's an opponent, i.e. the Democrats, and we have a mission, build a wall, and that will fix immigration, which makes your life hard. But that's, you know, that's so easy. I mean, you could explain that to anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's people coming in. They make your life bad. The solution to keep people from coming in is to put an obstacle in their way, a big, tall, concrete, impenetrable object that you can see from space. That's how we keep them from coming in, which hurts you. The enemy, you know, are the Democrats because they don't want, they want to help hurt you. And that's right. I mean, that's the most basic storyline there is. Some of the some of the best written works follow a very. Uh, you can boil it down to a very. There's a bad guy. There's a good guy. Mm -hmm. And which side are you on? And you're always on the good guy's side, right? It doesn't matter what they think. You're on the good guy's side. So I think that's. I think it comes down more to that. And I wish I. I wish I had a, a better except, way. To except play, Robin but, Hood. Yeah. Because Robin Hood actually is a bad guy. Right. He's a thief. Yeah. But he's, he's a good guy, right? right and that's the right. whole thing with Trump. Doesn't matter if he's a good or a bad guy or if what he's doing is legal or not. It all has to come down to the way the story is positioned is that Robin Hood, despite breaking the law and being a thief, is a good guy. Mm -hmm. You know?
he he is our protagonist. So, um, so with that, uh, we want to move into the next section, which is of course, how do we get here? You know, not necessarily Trump, but why are we so divided? I mean, you listen to Lance's comments, right? And I, what strikes me there is, it's like we're on different planets. Mm-hmm. We're not even speaking the same language anymore. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I think Lance, uh, this is what everybody tunes in for. So Lance has some important information to share with you, and uh, you'll never know what you're going to get. So we'll see. We'll see what we get today. It is our mission statement here at True Chat. Whoa. Can you believe that? That's right. I can't. I can't believe it. It it is in green ink here. True. I am holding a hard copy of it. It says, at True Chat, there is nothing more important to us than upholding our mission. True Chat will be the mortal enemy of speculation, innuendo, and stagnation. We will champion informed opinions and fresh ideas. True Chat will prove that media can be trusted, relied on, and responsible. We won't join the media elite because we're setting a new standard, a higher standard, the True Chat standard. If you have any ethical concerns with today's episode, please email ethics at truechat.org. Again, that's ethics at T-R-U-E-C-H-A-T dot org. Excellent work. Thank you. I did a very professional read that time. Yeah, that one was very- Oh, crap. I was supposed to say read. Oh, you almost had uh, it. I almost went oh, all the way you through. You close. Okay. He's working on it. Well, no, well, you know. It's, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> It's in green ink, though. It's, it's true, amazing. True, true chat, chat colors. Yep. True chat green. Or blue and green and white, mm-hmm. I guess, if you're going to count white. so You got white as a color. Let's not get too metaphysical here. Technically, white is the absence of color. That's right. So, so I'm in. I, was, I know right. what I was and saying. And black is the presence of all colors. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But we call it, what, what do we call it then? What's white? I don't know. I just okay, know that's, what, that's just, a whole show. I just know what's <laughs> we'll in my '64 <laughs> Crayola crayon that's box. Right. Is there a white crayon? Yes, in there your is. '64 crayon. Well, there used to be. I don't know. I haven't bought one in a that's long true. time. I know they've probably got all PC and total gym. random question of the day for everybody: Do printers actually print like your household printers? Do they print the color white? Mm. Do they print white? I've seen printers that do. I don't know if mine at home does. Like regular, most common printers. I'm not talking about like printing press printers, but regular old at-home printers. Question of the day. Do you know the answer? Me? Yeah. Heck no. Most of them do not. I figured that. Yeah. That would have been my guess. Because had I needed to come up with an answer, that would have been my answer. Again, the absence of color. Right. Being, and if you look at- So where it doesn't print- Right. Is the color of the paper. So if you have white paper, then it's white there. Mm-hmm. If you were printing on pink paper, then it would be pink there mm. because it would be no color. Yes. Mm. Generally. Generally. I can't speak speaking. to all printers. Okay. Yeah. So fun fact. There you have it. What does that have to do with Trump? Yeah. That's uh, what I was nothing. Thinking. Nothing at okay. all. But, all right. uh, but nonetheless, we'll, we'll throw it in there. Sometimes you just have to take a break. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. So. Why do people dig in today, Lance? I mean, we're talking about Trump and we're looking at where people are at on both sides of, you know, his his supporters right mm-hmm. now, how they're defending and saluting him, mm-hmm. how his critics, they're cringing as they have been the whole time. So cringing, but supporting. Ha- have we, have we, were we this divided before Trump? And if so... Did he oh, just bring it out in us? No, I mean, I think so. I mean, I talked think? to many people who just totally abhorred President Obama. 
and gave him credit for nothing that he accomplished. And now you flip it, and here is, and this is a quote from one of Donald Trump's supporters. He said he's um, 70 years old from Princeton, Minnesota, reciting a list of the president's accomplishments that he said no one in the media wants to talk about. Quote, economic booming, check. Unemployment down, check. Border security being addressed, check. Possible end to Korean War that started when I was three years old, 68 years ago, check. Okay, so the only thing that's been accomplished the first three things that have, because the fourth thing has not been accomplished yet. Say the first three again. The first three, economy booming, unemployment down, border security being addressed. All of those things, the border has been going on since the year 2000. The economy and unemployment going down has been since the economic recovery started in 2008, 2009, after the depression of 07, 08. So again, None of those of the of the four things that the gentleman names, only one of them, and even he says possible end to the Korean War. So three of the four things that he gives President Trump credit for were already happening before Donald Trump became president. But they, the, their supporters, are oh my gosh, the economy was horrible until Donald Trump became president. Oh my gosh, unemployment was horrible. Before Donald Trump became president, it was so high. Or and, look at all that he's done and, for these things, right? And the border security, oh my gosh, we weren't doing anything about it. Why well, not list there's, the tax there's, cut? There's been, huh? Why not list the tax cut? Well, that's I, one that comes to mind I for me. I don't know. I mean, I'm just quoting the man. Yeah. My point is, is that three of the four things that he talked about were already going on, were already happening under previous administrations, some of them multiple previous administrations. The pr- President Trump has nothing to do with this. If anything, he's screwing it up with, I mean, we'll find out in a year or so, we've already started to see American jobs being shipped overseas with Harley Davidson because of the taxes on Americans, i.e. trade wars, i.e. tariffs. Those are taxes, people. We're seeing American jobs being lost. Harley-Davidson, has the motorcycle company, has said, we are going to ship jobs over to Germany because we're not going to pay 31% tariff on our motorcycles going over there. We can't sell them. That's jobs. That's an American-made motorcycle made in America. Now job being shipped overseas. So President Trump's not protecting your job. You're losing your job because of the tariff issue. Here's... The, and we've we've said this I don't know how many times, but so he's taking a good thing and gonna and gonna screw it up, right? Of the of the two half of what this gentleman mentioned, this supporter was related in my mind. They they wrap up into the economy. You can say the economy is booming, but part of that's employment. So and my point in this is, we've said it so many times. It's so important. I'll say it again. Presidents always get too much credit for good economic times and bad economic times. Always. They always get too much credit or too much blame, depending on how you want to phrase it, uh, for the economy. And that is so critical to understand because it's the same thing with Obama. Three of the four things, economy, employment, and border, those are three things that a Obama supporter could have said five years ago. And Republicans would have said, you know, this, that, and, well, other and, and did. Right, sure, and, and did. did. I mean, I, I talked to many Republican business yeah. people who said, oh my gosh, we got to get Obama out of there. He's ruining business. And I'm like, 
wait a minute, you guys are making more money than you've ever made. Unemployment is going down. Taxes are down. Okay. And you're complaining about him as president. I don't understand. And now we have this guy who you want to support because he gave you a tax cut, but then he turned around and spent the tax cut plus on the tariff issue. And and that's where And you're still and and they're still supporting him. And my point in that is it's all about the teams. Cause here you you're taking just these three things, right? Economy, employment, and border. I mean, you look at the rating, right? And we've done that before. President Obama was one of the hardest people on immigration mm-hmm. in, in recent history, except when it came to families. That was the exception. But for everybody else, he was tougher than some Republicans have been. Yes. And so, again, going back to this, and when he did the family thing, who cried out that it was immoral? Right. Yeah. And now, evangelical yes, Christians yes. who tend to be Republican. And now it's switching. And that's not blaming the Republicans. I'm saying Democrats too. Are we so blind as to see that on many of the issues, all that happens is the party has flipped. And now for some reason, like right now, you know, Democrats, oh, well, you can't give Trump credit for the economy. You're right, but you can't give Obama really credit for the economy either, guys. You know, when a recession happens, historically, we come back. That's what happens in capitalism, you know, that yes, were the businesses aided by the government? Sure, sure they were. And that doesn't mean that Obama didn't do anything that helped the economy. But likewise, you could contend that Trump's tax (laughs) cut, you know, was something. Can we really materialize what it did? Not really. You know, just like we can't really materialize what the stimulus package did because people around here, right, were whining and complaining, oh, well, we put in a bunch of lights. You know, mm-hmm. that's what that's what we saw that got done right. from the stimulus package that didn't actually create any new jobs because we just used people we already had. Right. Uh, but so, kept those jobs it, that might have been layoffs. Right. But that's my point in all right. this is it's just no, you're so right. much of this is a whose team is- When my guys, when my person yeah. does it, when my person does it, it's a great accomplishment. Right. When your person does it, does it, then, well, it was going to happen anyway. So how do we get out of this? Because I know we've said a lot of times, you just got to listen to the other side. But is there a, a person, a method, a strategy that you and I haven't looked at yet that could really do it? I hate to say John Kasich, because I know that'll make you cringe. I just think- I've, I've seen a lot of emails from him recently. I think he's running for what it's worth. I'm oh, I do too. I'm almost no, I, positive I, I, he's running, but- I saw his, he was on Sunday morning show that I watched and I just turned to my wife and I said, he's running for president. Yep. So and you vote for him over Trump? Yes. <laughs> I told you that. I, I know. I told you I can live with Kasich other than his education policy. Yeah. And everything else is. And there's nothing that I, that I like about President Trump's policies. So that's a, that's an easy, right. that's an easy one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't like this person on anything, at least that I can find so far. Please let me know what I should be liking him about. Um, because I don't believe in any and none. So I, I, there's got to be something about President Trump that I like. I just haven't found it yet. Um, and Ohio Governor Kasich is soon to be former governor of Ohio, Kasich, because he is done and can't run for re-election here in November. He'll be out of office. Um, I don't mind 
I can live with most of his policies except for his take on education. So, and his take on education is better than what Betsy DeVos is trying to do for Donald Trump. So yeah, I can, I, I would vote for Kasich over Trump. Can a centrist, because this is the bigger thing, I guess, I would call John Kasich mostly a centrist. Well, is that fair? In I mean, today's market. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to listen to Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, or Donald Trump, then Kasich is a yeah is a centrist as moderate as but but he, he he's not a centrist no he's he's not a centrist no he's he's an he's the old school Republican is what he is yeah but today that's a centrist right because <laughs> there's not a lot of those guys and, and, left, in today's so. politics that's a centrist yeah. I think the problem is going to your question and that is can we do anything about it we have to get rid of I mean maybe this is where I agree with President Trump <laughs> the news media is the issue. Mm. Because I like it, because nobody is believable. You know, I mean those those people who support the Democrats can't stand to listen to Fox News, and those people who tend to support Republicans can't stand to listen to MSNBC. And I listen to both of them, and I'm critics of both of them, as well as every once in a while they make a good point or two, but they play to their target audience. They don't report things openly and honestly. They report the things openly and honestly that support the causes that they want. There's a huge difference there. I know everybody's saying, wait a minute, I'm driving down the road. That sounded like you said the same. There's you said the same thing. No, they what they cover is open and honest. They give you true things but they only cover the things that support the political agenda yeah. of the majority of their viewership. Or their, their coverage is or jaded. Their, or their listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's false. I'm just saying, you know, what they tend yeah. to cover, they highlight the things that support their belief system instead of just covering the story. Their base. Just yeah. cover the story and I'll decide whether or not you know, is needed or not. And then show, me whole, the, show me the pictures of Puerto Rico. Give me the numbers. Tell me what has been done. How many homes have been reconnected to power? How many people have water? How many buildings are being, how much money has been spent? I'll decide in the famous words of Donald Trump, whether it's a lot or not, but give me the true number, you know, and then I'll decide whether I like it or not. And then I'll decide who I'm going to support politically based on, well, I don't need you to tell me, oh, things are horrible in Puerto Rico or things are horrible on the border for these families or the economy is wonderful. Look at all these people who are working now or look at all the, the bad people that we're keeping out of the country because we're, because we're stopping all of these illegals from coming in. I don't need you to tell me that. I need you to just report the story and I'll decide whether or not it fits my, my norm and my belief system and what I think the United States stands for. And I don't know. You tell me where I go for that other than true chat. I mean, where, where, where do I go to just say, here's the story, folks. This is what's happening. You know, um, decide for yourself. Who's the Walter Cronkite of the news media now? And Walter tended to be liberal, but even when he, you know, the famous words of Lyndon Johnson in 1968, when he decided not to run for reelection, he's Walter Cronkite began to question the Vietnam war. And Johnson said, if I've lost Walter, I've lost the people of the United States. You know, 
where is that person? What is that news station? And my thinking is there isn't any. And so we have split into two camps, which one of Trump's supporters said, it all coalesces around Donald Trump. This is a quote. It's either Trump wants to put people in cages or in concentration camps. Or on the other side, oh, the left just wants everybody to come into the country illegally so they can't so they can get voters. It's one or the other. And she concludes, we, we can't have a conversation. Yeah. And that I mean, she puts it very succinctly there, and I think she's right. And the reality we is we just most can't Americans, have a conversation about uh, it. And that's what's so upsetting is because when the news media reinforces this, it reinforces the idea that what most Americans want is neither of those. They don't want either of those. They don't want people just running rampant and we have no idea who's here and what they're doing. They don't want that, you know. They also don't want us to lock everybody up and make it impossible for people to come in. Most Americans. I'm not talking about far left and far right. I'm just saying most people. They want a common sense system that works. What people want is to not be bothered by things. And this is bothersome. Whether or not you, you know, whichever side you're on, it's annoying. It gets old hearing about immigration and how we still don't have a fix for it. It's like, geez, why can't we just get this done? You know, I don't really care what you do at this point. Just do something, please. And, except I don't want you to lock up children. Let's not do that, right? Or let's not take children from their families. Let's not do that. But let's do something as opposed to nothing is what most people want. And the problem, as you highlighted, is the news media is no longer just news. It's usually five minutes of news, 50 minutes of commentary, and 50 minutes of commentary with your token conservative or your token liberal. Nothing uh, irks me more than when I listen to Fox News, MSNBC, or CNN, uh, and on Fox News, they'll bring on this one liberal and there's three of them, you know, and then they just bang, 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 just hit him, you know, again and again and again and again. Oh, is this, you think that thing, you think that, yeah. And then by the end of it, you know, they've got him to say something really stupid that, that even if you're a liberal and you're listening, it's like, oh, that was dumb. That's not what liberals think, you know, or you said it in such a way that, that made you seem, because you're defensive and you don't know what to say. You know, you get backed into a corner and, and sure, that would happen to most people if there's three of them coming at you and that's what they do for a living. And then on the same side, same thing happens on MSNBC and CNN. You know, they bring on the one guy that's the conservative and then it's bang, 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 hit him. Oh, look how stupid he is. Isn't he dumb? Look at that. Isn't he an idiot? It's like, well, yeah, you put anybody in a room and bring in three other big guys who all know what they're talking about and we'll see who wins. You know, they'll beat him into submission because that's what happens. They're outnumbered uh, and outgunned. I mean, they got the producers. Everybody discounts that. You know, the poor guest, they don't have anybody in their ear feeding them information. And then you got your team of producers back there saying, oh, you can say this or oh, you can say that. You know, here's something. That's how you'll trap them. You'll get them good. Then we can use that as a clip to promote the show. And that's it's sad, but that's the truth, right? right. That's, I no, mean, that's right. how producers are thinking because that's, that's their sure. job sure. is to make sure that the show is engaging. As we've talked about and said before, Trujet is not a news outlet, you know, not right now anyway. I mean, maybe someday, but we're not a news outlet. We are a commentary and education network. We have some shows that are mainly educational and some shows like this one that are mainly commentary based. But those shows most of the time follow that pretty closely. You know, you know if you tune into this show that that's what you're supposed to get. You're supposed to get 
50 to 5. If you tune into a news station, you should ask yourself, is that really what you're supposed to get? Is that really good? It's, it, you know, we've become more of a news center, I think, Lance, especially this year, because of some of the stuff that we're covering, because right. we have to. Right. I mean, who, nobody else is covering it. That's what you were saying. Well, I mean. Right. They cover the same just, story five days in a row from five yeah. different angles. And it's like, well, there are other things happening. Right. Like I picked up and, you know, we, we chose this today, but there's a Myanmar update. I was glancing through the paper and there's an update in Myanmar. We've got a full board of which stuff. Is, which is a story that we've been covering since the first of the year. You know, I'm sure there's, I haven't seen one, but on the, but um, I saw where Puerto Rico was mentioned on TV the other day. I haven't seen anything in print yet, but that's another one, you know, that we're following and we're always following Syria, but again, really hasn't made it into the paper and has been nothing in the mainstream media. And yet these things still go on and we're not discussing any of them as a nation. Right. That's not what's being talked about during coffee breaks or at the ping pong table in the in the workers lounge or, you know, whatever, those aren't the items that are being talked about because the big outlets are banging one topic forever. Yep. And then that's all you think is going on and you get tired of it. So then you either shut it off or you keep listening, you keep listening. Then you move into that camp slowly because it's like, Oh, well, there's nothing else I could think. And then that's how we are where we are. Right. So thank you to all the True Chat listeners who are out there who have chosen to try to step away from that. I know that we lean a little liberal because um, we're missing our th- we've been missing a third person for a while, but we finally got somebody I think that we we feel pretty good about. Uh, we'll test them out here hopefully uh, in the coming weeks, and you guys can let us know. But we try, and I think we try to acknowledge that there's another side at least, right? right. And, and not and not always make it feel well, like I think it's what totally we try to do is, dumb. The is other side, you're really good at it at the end. Okay, what's the solution? Yeah, and most of the time we can come up with one. I would say at least more than fifty percent of the time we come up. You know, we could do this, right? And it's something usually that nobody's thought about or talked about, but this could be done, and you can. You know, our, our listeners, I don't, if they're listening to us, obviously don't guffaw us, but a first time, you're like, that's going to happen. Okay. We didn't say it would happen, but it's something that could be done. Right. It is something Instead that of everybody, if else everybody that, just got out of their camps and said, okay, let's just find some common ground here. There is some common ground on most of these issues. There is something that can be done, but unfortunately there are some things that there, there really isn't anything that can be done. And, and this is one of them. Until everybody gives up, here's your solution. Until everybody gives up their partisanship and says, let's just try to make the country better incrementally and gets out of this all or nothing, all or nothing mindset, I'm not, I don't have an answer. But that's the answer. Sure. Get back to let's just improve. The, let's find the common ground, pass that law, and, and move on down the road. And then we can find some more common ground, pass that law, and keep moving down the road. But but find some common ground because there is some. The solution. You know, we, we, I mean, we know that about this whole border stuff with these families. We know that there are multiple bills in both houses of Congress that have majority almost of signatures of people in both branches of the legislative branch that they agree and we can't even get votes on them. Yep. Okay. So, so we do, we do know, I mean, that's been reported on that there are multiple bills in the house and the Senate 
that almost a majority of Congress people or senators agree on, and they will not be brought to a vote. So we can't. So we're not voting on any common ground. If we got some common, if we have some common ground on an issue, let's vote on it, pass it, move on down the road. It's not going to make things perfect. It's not going to make everybody happy. It will make things better. Because if a majority agree on it, it's probably a pretty good thing. Yep. In most cases, I'm sure there are some cases. You know, when you had a majority of white Southerners pre-Civil War who said slavery was okay. Obviously, that wasn't okay. All right. But in the but so there are occasions like that just for my extremely, you know, sure, historical friends. I understand that. But most of the time, if you can get a majority to agree on something, you probably got something that's worthwhile having. You should at least take a look at it. I think you hit on it. The big thing is the news media is focused on the problem where true chat and our followers are focused on what can we do about it? We talk a lot about the problem and we spend a majority of the show talking about the problem, but we try to always end with, what do we do with this information? You know, and so many, I mean, I can't think of the last time I saw a news show where it didn't end with, and that's all the time we've got, you know, and they just, they finish off with their opinions and then it's just, well, that's it. You know, and into the next hour, we'll be talking about the same thing with four different talking heads. Or the solution is, Reelect the president or get rid of the president. Yeah. And those are not solutions because none of those are based on the issue. Right. They're all based on, well, if we just change the people and yeah, that maybe that's partly true. I'm not saying there's no legitimacy to that, but at the same time, if the people and the media decide this is what's relevant and we know what we care about instead of lists, instead of waiting for everybody to tell us what we should care about, then we could actually pressure our lawmakers into doing what we want. But right now we just kind of let them say, oh, well, you know, whatever you guys think is important, you just tell us and then we'll we'll go that way. And that's because, as you said, the media, right? The media mm-hmm. has to be focused on the issues and what we can do about them. What ideas are there? And then people, like you said, they can listen and they can decide, do I like that solution? Or gee, what about this? You know, they can say, hey, here's something that we could do. Uh, they can share their thoughts, but that doesn't happen if all it is is let's complain. That's exactly. I'm sorry, I, you know me. That's what it boils down to for me is let's all complain about how bad everything is and not do anything about it. Not even think about what to do about it. It's just it's just complain. You know, it's not even we're not even taking action. Uh, you know, you got to take the first step, which is at least what Lance and I do, and talk about what we could do about it. We don't even make it that far. Uh, let alone actually then following through. So we got to take it one thing at a time here. But let us know. So true. Let us know what you guys think can be done. I'm sure there's other ideas. That's why we're inviting you to talk to us. And we appreciate when you do. We've, you know, we we hear from you guys every now and again. And when we do, we certainly appreciate it. So let us know. And uh, you can listen to True Chat Podcast on Stitcher Radio or Apple Podcasts, both places. If you're a, a frequent podcast listener, it's easy to tune in there. However, if you want to engage with us, the best way to do that is by listening and letting us know what you think uh, by going to our website, which is truechat.org, or downloading the True Chat app. So that's an option as well. For the state of us on True Chat, in Urbana, Ohio. I'm Justin T. Weller. And I'm Lance Jackson. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's what makes it all worth it. We'll see you next time on The State of Us. Be the change.
Looking for responsible media? Listen on demand to politics, sports, and more with the True Chat app or at truechat.org. Beyond the horizon, there is trustworthy media at True Chat. 